Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Call in at 402-489-1240 or at 800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Great to have you in on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark in. Give us a find on Twitter. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. At Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And for Connor Clark at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Can email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com or dial us up a couple of different ways when you uh, find us across the Hale Varsity Network, 489-1240, 489-1240 to get in, or 800-825-5865. Uh, can watch the show, stream us, if you're into the video thing, uh, the Hale Varsity uh, Facebook, make that YouTube channel, at uh, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, and uh, the Hale Varsity Twitter, at HVarsity Radios, where you follow and watch. Also, the KFOR Twitter feed. Guys, uh, some of us in the room are, are rocking shorts because it's mid-50s. Some of us have flannel going. That's uh, okay. I'm somewhere in between. But uh, a bright day to talk quarterbacks. We'll get there with Nebraska's... Uh, uh, quarterback room, a cool announcement by Casey Thompson last night. Uh, we'll dive a little bit further into one of the interviews Matt Rule did on just what he wants in a quarterback. More basketball on our mind as well as Nebraska gears up for a strong finish. In an hour, we'll check in with Andy Markowski, Husker standout, to get his take on the men's and women's program and also a preview for some district girls basketball action. In about 20 minutes, Mitch Sherman joins us from The Athletic. Uh, We'll pick Mitch's brain, all things Nebraska. But who had... The, uh, the athlete from Texas as their first pick for the first signee or commitment, I should say. It's not signed. But uh, Nebraska getting their first commit for 2024. Uh, Roger Gradney uh, out of Texas, Rice Consolidated High School, a consensus four-star standout. He's got to figure out where to put him, guys. 
because uh, he checks a lot of boxes with that speed and explosiveness, the track background, a top 200 player uh, in the country and a top 40 player in the state of Texas. So uh, Gradney is in sight unseen as he's a guy that uh, Nebraska really likes. They're in early on, and I think they're in early. They're buying stock uh, guys on him before maybe his senior season blows up. Had a shortened junior season, just five games. He's coming back from a hip injury, uh, but he has put up incredible track numbers, uh, the 100, the 400, the long jump, and, oh, yeah, every highlight you see of him, there's some sort of return he takes to the house, either kickoff or punt, can catch the football, and uh, can play him in that back seven, safety, defensive back, linebacker. So uh, he is uh, kind of that Swiss Army get that Rule likes. Uh, you can play football. You've got a track background. We'll figure out where to put you. Uh, Roger Gradney is in. And just my first instinct when looking at how this guy plays, what his body frame is, he's, he's 6'1", 190, a lot of room to put on a little bit more weight. Definitely strikes me as a guy who could be that that do-it-all Swiss Army Knife type linebacker that's so important in the 3-3-5 defense. And I have no inside information here on what this Husker coaching staff wants to do with him. But if the defensive side of the ball is where they decide to put him, he almost seems like a hand-in-glove type fit for that linebacker. With You mentioned the speed. Uh, his best time in the 100-meter, a 10-8. Uh, as well as a 22-4 in the 200 meter. Well better than my. I don't think I've ever ran 100 on purpose. Well, a, a 10-8-100 at damn near 200 pounds, that's impressive. <laughs> that's impressive. The, the guy's got long strides, one of those guys that kind of glides where he, mm-hmm. he doesn't look like he's moving that fast, but yeah, he's still breaking away from people. I like what I see. I think he's got a little bit uh, to go. He only played in a couple of games his junior year because of injury, but had a pretty good sophomore campaign. I think he needs a lot more refinement as a football player, but fits that mold of what we've been talking about with what Matt Rule looks like in terms of uh, a, a track guy who's got high-end athletic potential. You just got to get him there. I don't think this is a guy that's going to be ready to go right away in terms of his playing career at Nebraska, but I think get him a couple years of development, and if Matt Rule and his staff can develop like we've seen them do at Temple and Bill, I think this could be a very uh, a high-level pickup for this Husker football team. Nice connection, too, Connor, with Tommy Armstrong. Uh, I'm sure Tommy is letting, letting Nebraska know about uh, Roger, and Roger's one of the guys from his area growing up was Tommy Armstrong, a guy he looked up to, a guy he still talks with, and a guy that was just a phenomenal high school quarterback at Sabalo, Texas. And you saw how, how well Tommy did in Lincoln, a lot of wins under his belt as he started you know, four seasons for the Big Red. So it never hurts to have that Nebraska connection, letting the staff up here know, hey, here's what's going on. Well, it's nice to have him, too, in the area because – Tommy Armstrong, that is – because of that perfect example right there. And to Elijah's point, I don't know if he'll be ready to go right away. And, again, there is room to put on weight there. But, I mean, the the numbers are there on the track and on the football field, right? And you mentioned the tape of him. It seems like every time he's getting a, a return, he's taking it back to the house or something. So he's an athlete at all the positions on the field, which is a good problem to have. And I bet a lot of coaches around the country would be honestly quite jealous of Matt Rule having to figure out, hmm, where do I put this kid because he's too athletic. So great pickup to start off the class of 24. Matt Rule continues to impress Nebraska and, and his staff as well. And um, just another really, really good start. Well, I think you mentioned something that kind of gives you everything you need to know. That This is a guy that was playing linebacker as well as some almost nickelback for this, this defense. So he's a bigger body, but he's returning kicks for the high school football team. 
which that's that's not what you, that, that, you, you, you throw a linebacker. A, that's back a there. Randy Stella tribute for those of us old enough to remember uh, back in the late '90s, 2000s. Randy Stella, great ball player. Randy was a linebacker, and every time he was on ABC returning the kick, linebacker Randy Stella back to return the punt. Oh, <laughs> damn, they've got a linebacker returning the punt. But, you know, Nebraska's made pickups. Guys have played other positions where they've starred as a returner, right? And and usually it's not just, all right, Rocket Ishmael, uh, go line up in the slot, go deep, but Go bail us out with a kick, with a kick or punt return. I think of Demorne Pearsonell, how impactful he was. He is a really talented receiver. It wasn't that he was just a one trick pony as a return guy. No, he could could catch the football. Dewan Gomes was uber talented, uh, really good cover corner for Nebraska. Uh, that that made his way as uh, an elite punt returner was good. I think he had four in one season, uh, has tied the record or may even hold the record for Nebraska when it comes to return touchdowns. Bobby Newcomb, wide receiver quarterback, of course, uh, punt returner extraordinaire. And then a guy from, from way back in the Big 8 who was all Big 8 as a corner and uh, was an all-pro with the Saints, Tyrone Hughes, was a guy that was a wingback. They moved into the secondary the latter part of his career, but Hughes was an incredible return guy, along with a guy like uh, named Dana Brinson. I'm really dating myself, but Nebraska's found guys over the years that have been really good, uh, all-conference or second team, good at a position, but they've been first team as a return guy. What I what I can't give you uh, with the, the, the size, the frame, and then the, the, the athleticism, I can't really give you a body comp on – on uh, on on Gradney, I don't know who he reminds me of. You see a punt returner, oh, that dude kind of reminds me of X, Y, or Z. I don't have a name for you. Well, but how I, many times do you see a punt returner that's one ninety? I well six one one nine. I you you usually little guys. Yeah. Well, and again, going back to the earlier point, it's probably a good problem to have because if he's still physically able to make explosive plays at that weight he's going to be way harder to bring down obviously and he can play other positions so i i don't think you necessarily need a body comp for him because if he's that it's unique be your athletically, own comp. yeah i mean <laughs> be your on. own comp uh other football news uh it's officially official with casey thompson last night on twitter um posting on twitter uh, run it back he is officially back that's great. I didn't know that he wasn't going to be, but now we know that, that Casey Thompson's back. Uh, Coach Rule uh, did a, a sit-down with On3 uh, about a week ago, I believe. It was DJ Pickell. And, uh, well, here's what Rule needs from his quarterbacks, once from a really good quarterback room. Well, I, I think we want a leader. We want someone that has, like, the it factor. And you know what? We want someone who's going to protect the football. Uh, we want to be aggressive, explosive, push the ball down the field. But we want someone who understands that we can't win if we don't protect the football. Um, you know, watching the film, I, you know, Casey's an excellent player. He's done a lot of great things. I knew Jeff from, um, you know, uh, my time at uh, Baylor watching my good friend Jeff Collins, who was the head coach at Georgia Tech. I believe, you know, he's got a lot of potential. And, um, you know, we have some other guys in that room, Chubba Purdy, Richard Torres, Heinrich Harburg. These guys are talented guys. And so um, I don't think you can ever have enough good players at quarterback. And uh, uh, we're going to we're going to let those guys go out there, show what they can do and and go compete it out. 
Well, good. Uh, we'll probably end with four in that room if there's not position changes or departures. Casey, to me, has the it factor. Uh, Casey, to me, from a leadership standpoint and a guy that has high standards, high standards, he's that guy. He's just needed more help around him. He's made a lot of plays. He's got to stay healthy as well. And I think you, you drool at the upside and ceiling of a guy like Sims because of his speed and his dual threat ability. You don't know really what you got, but we'll get a, ch- a better chance to see a guy like Harburg. Torres has been coming off injury. Uh, don't know where Smothers is in the mix. And then Chubba Purdy, you know, how much of his brother can he be like? Sorry to go there, but it makes me wonder, okay, where Chubb is uh, a, a guy that has had elite opportunity in his college football life when it comes to what schools to go to. You don't go to Florida State if you're a slouch. <laughs> There's a lot of talent. And, and I liked what he was doing with his legs against Michigan before he got Mahomes. So, <laughs> I mean, so I think you've got options. How many can you keep? How many can you groom? And can those guys that don't win the job stay patient and get better? versus looking elsewhere. And I know some of them have already transferred, but that's just the question I have. I, I do like Casey. And and the question to me is about Casey's health and how much more can you incorporate him in, in, a, in a quarterback run element well, yeah, of see, the option. See, that's where I was going because whenever you listen to Matt Rule's answer, as he's telling uh, J.D., is, is we like what we saw in film from Casey Thompson last year, but but Sims is a guy that you know what I've always respected. Uh, came highly rated say, from Georgia Tech, you, and, and, and you I don't I say think, no to a guy like Sims. You don't say no to a guy like him, and I think reading in between between the lines, when you listen to that, it's almost like Matt Rule saying, "And this is a guy that we think can run the offense." I, I think the question is: Is Casey Thompson going to be able to fulfill all the duties that Matt Rule and, and Coach Satterfield want from the Husker offense? Which, as you mentioned, I'm sure is going to include quarterback run. Because when you look at Casey Thompson's stats last year, 2,400 yards passing, 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Mm-hmm. It's not setting the world alight, but it's good enough to get you to a bowl game. And then you also combine that, that you know if you get some better protection for Casey Thompson, I think you can probably eliminate two or three of those interceptions when you have both uh, interceptions against Illinois were due to, to pass rush for Casey about, Thompson to get the ball out, and, and usually inaccurately. How about missing games due to injury yeah, you mean you're gonna have to throw another couple hundred yards smoked. in there <laughs> maybe a couple more touchdowns it's it's not anything to sneeze at. i think that's what matt rule saying though he's like yeah we like what we saw in film from casey thompson but it's gonna be wait and see can he run the offense the way we want our offense to be run well you mentioned jeff sims ceiling i don't even think we've we seen, seen casey's, casey's. i think he's a lot of room to grow because you mentioned he you know, he needs guys around him now not that's not discrediting the people that he did have around him last year because there was still a lot of talent out on the field but obviously protection was always an issue protection and, and give him a run game i mean give him yeah. a run game like he had at texas with a better offensive line and some toys at receiver you, your your touchdown to interception ratio is probably going from two to one to maybe it maybe it jumps to, to three to one I mean, he was 24 and nine his final year at Texas, mm-hmm. touchdowns to interceptions, which is almost three to one. And the, the yardage was comparable. I think it was also about 2,400 yards, and the completion percentage was comparable. So, yeah, a run game, better protection. And he's almost getting three to one on his interception touchdown ratio, which you will take nine times out oh, of 10 yeah. in modern college football. He's mobile enough, too. I mean, I love his athleticism when he's decided to tuck it and run, or he uh, has the keeper on that zone read inside the red zone the few times. I mean, Nebraska, that was their go-to. The, the quarterback kept on his zone read and found their way into an end zone, but it was 
too uh, too many times between trips to the end zone. You'd have a good script or two to start the ball game, and then it was it was a Sahara Desert for the offense till uh, maybe they forced a turnover. Well, the question I have for both of you then is: Do you think we would see maybe at all early in the year a two quarterback? situation going on because That's a great question I, I believe in the old adage that if you got two quarterbacks you got none I, I think you go try to find that that number one guy and I would even go as far as to say is right now based on what we saw in film last year I, I think Case Thompson's really talented it's probably his to lose with just mm-hmm. his relationship agree. and his leadership with the guys that are already on that offense it's gonna be some new faces coming in obviously but I think Jeff Sims will have to come in and, and really blow Casey Thompson out of the water to go win that starting quarterback job. Well, and and, and listen, Sims has two years, and uh, he wants to play now. They All quarterbacks do. With Sims, could you, could you get a year at grooming, even though, and that'd be really tough, because he's played a lot of ball games. He's already played 25 games at Georgia Tech. You don't transfer to, to watch. But you're also going into a situation where you have an incumbent that did some nice things. Um, I I think it, it's going to click with each of these guys we, we think are your one or two uh, with Satterfield. I think they'll work well together. You saw what he did at South Carolina. So we'll get into more of this well, with Mitch Sherman. Go ahead. I think, I think a question here to wrap this segment is, is can the backup go run the same offense that the starter does? Right. Well, you, you might need both of them based mm-hmm. on their injury exactly. history. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark in today. Thoughts on Adrian to the USFL as he was picked in the second round. We welcome in with Mitch Sherman. The Athletic joins us here on Hail Varsity at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how we doing? I am good. Schmitty, how are you? We're good, man. It's good to see you Friday at the... Uh, Make it Saturday at the, the Gretna Southwest game. Uh, a lot of good high school ball this time of year. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to the state tournament in a couple of weeks. I was in Lincoln following my uh, kids, Gretna Dragons, and we had a good time <laughs> with the, the victory, but I've seen uh, quite a bit of good basketball in both, in both communities and, you know, around the state. But the city of Lincoln this year, Despite not having one of those top three or four teams in the rankings, it has uh, has some quality players, and we saw some on display uh, down there with you in Southwest Lincoln. So, again, looking forward to uh, what's coming up in a couple weeks. Well, I, I want to go to to Casey Thompson to start. Were you? Now I won't say concerned, but were you questioning whether or not he was going to be back? I know he put out his. His Twitter statement last night, uh, run it back. Were you ever, mm-hmm. were, did your mind ever drift to the fact that maybe there won't be a Casey Thompson here for, for, for Coach Rule's first year? Well, briefly, when Nebraska was in the market for a transfer quarterback and you saw Jeff Sims come on board and heard the, um, the talk on the early signing day about Rule and, and, 
his history, um, not per, his personal history with Jeff Sims, but the history that he has with Jeff Collins, who coached Sims, and, and how, how attentively Rule has followed Sims' career, or how, did follow his career when he was at Georgia Tech. You know, that was interesting, and you know, it led me to believe or to wonder if Casey might look around. But, you know, Casey Thompson, one thing, we shouldn't doubt him. And one thing that we know about him from watching him in his time at Texas when, when he stuck it out for, for a long period of time, it's not like he jumped after a year or two in Austin. And the way that he played, the, 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 the kind of character that he showed last year in, in his first season in Lincoln would, would tell you, I think, all you need to know about what he's going to do if faced with a challenge. And that's, he's going to take it head on. So I'm not surprised from that standpoint at all that he's planning, that he's coming back. Not planning, he is. He's coming back. He's, he's doing well in his rehab it, it, from the sounds of it. And, you know, if, if, again, if we know something about Casey, it's that he's going to find a way to get out there and compete in some way during the spring. Now, is he going to be chucking touchdown passes in the spring game? No. Is he going to be facing a pass rush or taking hits from Nebraska's remade defensive line? No. But there are a lot of ways that he can compete and he can show his stuff for Marcus Satterfield and for Matt Rule, and he'll be there every step of the way. I mean, he's got his master's degree, so he can, he can just get his Ph.D. in football over these sure. next few months. Mitch, what is your concern level with Casey Thompson's injuries? I think it's better this year, Nebraska, having more of an insurance option at a potential backup quarterback in Jeff Sims. I'm not saying Jeff Sims isn't going to win the starting job, but that's how I see it right now yeah. is I think it's still Casey's to lose. Are you concerned about Casey's health moving forward? Well, he's been a starter in, in college football for two years, and he's faced injury issues in both. Now, the, the situation at Texas was kind of a freak injury, you know, hurt his thumb hit on the helmet of a of a alignment i believe or, or you know a thumb injury is not one that necessarily comes as a result of being injury prone it's a it's a it's a freakish kind of thing but at, you know at nebraska last season he he had a number of bumps and bruises and you know that's a result of the offensive line's failure to protect him i think some issues with the way that the offense ran and, and then you know casey's not the biggest guy in the world and the big 10 is a is a physical conference. So I think, yeah, I mean, if, if Nebraska had no quarterback depth, or even if it does have quarterback depth and he's the guy, it's something that has to be on your mind. Is, is he going to be able to survive a season without um, having a, an injury that keeps him out of games or, or hurts his ability to be the best quarterback that he can be? So, in, you know, unless you're Josh Allen um, or somebody like that, uh, that's, that's, that's the concern in any kind of big-time football. Sims himself, you know, a bigger guy, had all kinds of injury issues at Georgia Tech. So having both of them is a big plus for Nebraska. Mitch Sherman is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mitch, last segment we were talking about the potential of Jeff Sims being able to run the ball and run the offense maybe more how Matt Rule would like. And I posed the question to the other two guys in the room, and I wanted to pose it to you as well. Do you think that we could potentially see a two-quarterback system early on in the year? And if so, uh, would that be a good thing? You know, I, I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I, 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 th- I think that they're going to want to find a guy. And that's just kind of the way that I, I, I believe that these coaches look at the game. That You know, I've not heard them 
They've not told me that in, in regard to these specific two players. But I think that's just in general when you go when you're several months away from a season and, and you've got a competition. You know, it's not like tight end. Um, you, you know, you want to find somebody who can step into that role as the starter, and I think that's how the quarterbacks would want it too. You know, both of them would want to have a competition where it's settled in August on on one quarterback. That's that's generally just an easier, more efficient way to handle it. If you have to use two because of the way that it's being dictated by the offense or there's an injury situation, it's nice to have that in your back pocket. But I don't, I don't think you ever sit in, in, in March going into spring practice thinking that it's a, it's a possibility that, or you know, something that you want to look at, um, a multi-quarterback system. Mitch, thoughts on Nebraska's first commit for 2024, Roger Gadney. Uh, Gradney, uh, a pretty talented uh, return guy, but also can play a lot of different spots uh, on the field. Yes, from deep in the heart of Texas. I had to get a geography lesson on where Altair, Texas, was located this week. And, and Nebraska went way down in the corner between Houston and San Antonio to find Roger Gradney, um, listed as an athlete, but, you know, looks like a guy who could be a defensive back. You know, obviously he's in that mold of player that Matt Rule likes, who has track times that jump off the chart. You know, he's a sub-11, 100-meter guy. You know, you'd expect him to improve on that with two, two track seasons left uh, in, his, in his high school time. So this is the, the kind of player in a number of different ways that Nebraska wants to build its, its athletic profile around. Um, you see it with players like, like Jalen Lloyd um, and, and, and Bryce Turner and others, Malachi Coleman, many, many of the players that Nebraska that, and, and Matt Rule either solidified or went out and, and, and found themselves in this 2023 class are, are right there with a guy like Gradney. So that's one thing. And then the other is just the continued emphasis on the state of Texas. And it's not just Dallas-Fort Worth or Houston or San Antonio and Austin, the, the heavily populated areas that generally produce the players in the state. The fact that they went and found somebody from a, a corner of Texas like this, and he's the first member of this class, and that he's a top 250 player nationally as a consensus um, you know, it speaks to their reach in Texas. It's, it, this is not go fishing and go find one guy or two guys from the populated areas of the state. This is they want to cover Texas completely, and this is why or a big part of the reason why Garrett McGuire and Bob Wager are on staff and why they went out and got Susan Elza. Now, she has a tremendous amount m- m- more value than just having relationships with the state of Texas, and obviously she's not recruiting off campus, but um, – you know, the overall reach into that state, I think, is going to continue to be a huge storyline with this 24 class as it was with 23. And Mitch Grady's guy, he's from Texas, but I think he's got a little bit of Nebraska in him. He put up a tweet a couple years ago, said, people ask how I get so strong. This is how it's a picture of him out bailing hay. So that seems like a <laughs> hand in glove fit for Nebraska, right? Hey, Texas is, Texas, there's parts of Texas, and I think he's from one of them that are as rural or more rural than the most remote areas of Nebraska. It's a big state. All right, Mitch, uh, before we say goodbye, a couple of minutes here. Husker baseball, a rough, rough weekend 
for Coach Bolton Company. They'll try and regroup. I know there's media availability tomorrow. Uh, they'll head uh, to South Alabama this weekend. But, uh, man, uh, reaction to 0-3-1. and Yeah, I mean, that, that's just – it's really, really tough to see. Um, and, you know, you always cut a team like Nebraska and, and teams in the Big Ten and Northern teams some slack at the very beginning of the season because they haven't had the ability to – prepare the way somebody like San Diego does, but to, to go there and go winless in four games and, and to lose that last one yesterday, the way that they did um, in the seventh inning, you know, look, I, I know Will Bolt expects to have a completely different kind of team um, when they get home for big 10 play and, and, you know, when things get going in March, but this just shows, you know, how much improvement that they've got to make. And if there were, I wouldn't think that they would have needed a lesson in that after the way that last year went. And I know a number of these players were not on that team, but for the guys who returned and, and who are the leaders of this group, I think they learned everything they need to know about where this team needs to be in 2023 to compete and, and have success in the Big Ten. And that obviously was a bad start. And, and it, I'm sure it just left a horrible taste in their mouth to give up six runs in the, in the last inning and, and come home with a tie, which is, is just, ugh. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, this is baseball, and, you know, one bad weekend doesn't ruin the season. And, and, you know, they'll have an opportunity to go right some of those wrongs in South Alabama and then play some, some SEC teams, I believe. What, is that next weekend in Minneapolis? I think so. Yep. Uh, Vandy and Ole Miss, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's an opportunity to, to, to improve on this stuff, and, and, you know, we'll see. But, it's, it's, uh, you know, it extends what was, what was a difficult stretch last year um, into the first weekend of this year. That's not good to see. Mitch, last thought here, about 30 seconds left. Will Bolt circled the bullpen being able to throw strikes as one of the big problems uh, over the weekend. Is that cause for concern for the future? That seems like a pretty big part of baseball. It's a, it's a huge – it's where things start. You know, on the mound, you got to throw strikes. And, and that's, that's – uh, the, the number of runs on the, on the hit total that San Diego scored yesterday, I mean, it was it, – Nebraska gave, gave them opportunities, and, and San Diego, to its credit – capitalized but it was hard hard to watch hard to hard to listen to uh that that kind of baseball where you just give give opportunities away so yeah that's that's if you're going to go back to basics on the mound with will bolton and with jeff christie the pitching coach throw strikes and if they hit them you can live with that mitch sherman with us mitch we'll see you tomorrow thanks for jumping on with us today okay thanks guys there he is mitch sherman with us from the athletic at mitch sherman where you find him on twitter Uh, We'll dive into uh, some of the comments you have uh, in the stream. Can always watch the show on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or Hale Varsity Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Some reaction there. Good stuff from Mitch. Adrian and pro football. That discussion coming up. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
Thanks for hanging out at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman. Andy Markowski talks uh, round ball with us in about 25 minutes. We'll get into Adrian Martinez and his pro prospects. As uh, the USFL pulling the trigger on Adrian, Mike Riley says let's uh, get him and get his rights. Uh, we'll spend some time here in about uh, 30 minutes on that. But uh, we've been talking quarterbacks specifically in lieu of Casey Thompson's announcement that he's uh, coming back for Nebraska. So, uh, Josh, a good uh, question and comment here in the stream. You're welcome to catch us in the stream or on email, chris at hailvarsity.com. You uh, can also watch uh, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or both Twitter handles at KFOR Radio at HVarsity Radio and uh, interact that way, 489-1240 as well. But trying to find our quarterback is great, but I'm concerned. How are we going to actually protect him and not get the crap beat out of him week after week? Josh, you are uh, on point with many Nebraska fans. All right. Awesome. The guy can throw. He can find somebody deep. He's good on crossing routes. The but check his down's imprint is glorious. In the turf. Yeah. But he's wearing Memorial Stadium, man. Well, that's kind of something that I hit on back in the first segment is you can probably eliminate two or three interceptions from Casey Thompson's ledger last year if the protection's able to hold up because it's him getting drilled as he releases the football and you got a, a ball that just flutters right into the arm of a linebacker or a, or a free safety. You can probably eliminate two or three interceptions, and obviously that's not how football works. You can't go back and say, well, if he was protected, he wouldn't have thrown this pick. It's not a guarantee, but I'd venture to say he wouldn't have thrown 10 with better protection last season. Do you – I don't know that you beat Illinois, but you had the lead against Illinois. You lost to Minnesota. You lost to Wisconsin, Michigan. We're not going to even bring that into the conversation. But you beat Iowa mm-hmm. with him, and – you, you found a way against Rutgers with him. You beat Indiana with him. Uh, wasn't really his bad uh, against Northwestern. Okay, so listen, he's he is a a difference maker for a team that went four and eight. He was a difference maker for Texas uh, when he had a good thumb, right? And he's shown the ability to, to to spark offenses. But as far as the offensive line question goes. You know, uh, that needs to be a priority. And Elijah, uh, when are we going to know, Connor, when are we going to know about the offensive line? We'll have maybe some better feelings about depth options, but you're not going to have your perceived five if if Big Teddy's the guy we're thinking is the left tackle. You're not going to have him this spring. Well, I eventually say we're not probably going to know until Nebraska trots on the field against yeah, Minnesota this fall, simply for the fact of, well, yeah, you have injuries, guys that aren't going to be playing spring football, so you're not going to get a great sense of them. And also, this defense is not going to want to put very much on film come spring football, especially when you're installing a new defense. It's going to be a lot of base defense, and a standard in the spring game is probably little to no blitzing. Uh, that's pretty common because a defense, especially in a first-year head coach, first-year coordinator, the defense is going to be ahead of the offense in spring football. It's a lot easier to get a defense installed than an entire offense. So you want to let that offense get a little bit of work in against, dare I say, soft defenses. You play, go out there, you play base and say, all right, go try and move the football. We're going to read and react and we're going to see what we can do. But we don't want to go ruin your day because we're further ahead uh, in the process than you are. I don't think that offensive line is going to get a great look at what Big Ten football is actually going to look like in the spring whenever it's five offensive linemen blocking 
three to four defensive linemen, yeah, okay, you're going to do a lot better. But where this, this offensive line struggled last year was those high-level edge rushers in the Big Ten that you're going to run into, which I don't see one on Nebraska's roster right now. I think you have some candidates of guys that could be passable there. But I don't see a guy who's high-level, first-team, second-team, all-Big Ten-type pass rusher. So you're not going to get that look in the spring and probably not in the fall either. And Nebraska struggled with picking up blitzes last year too. Blitzes came from weird spots. And, oh, you have a, a linebacker going blitzing free to the quarterback. Now Casey Thompson's getting smoked in the backfield. You're not going to see that in the spring either. So when are you going to see that? Probably that Minnesota game is probably the first time you're going to get a true test that offensive line and see where they're at. But I will say, as it stands right now, not having seen spring football, I'd actually say I'm, I'm more concerned about the interior defensive line than I am about the offensive line, which might be a hot take based on the, the reactions of what a lot of people are saying about that offensive line. But I like the interior defensive line, and I don't see many instant impact guys. I think there's guys that could come into their own as a Big Ten slate goes on as you get used to the high-level you know, a Big Ten defensive football, the battle that is the, the trenches in the Big Ten. I'm more worried about the interior defensive line because I don't think Nash Hutmacher is the guy that's ready to step up into that big role of being you know what, you're, you're, you're our plugger in the middle. You're going to be our, our, our Damian Daniels, our Darian Daniels in the middle. I don't see Nash Hutmacher being ready for that role just yet right now. So I'd say I'm more worried about what the interior defensive line can be than what the offensive line can be. Not to say the offensive line isn't still a concern. I think both are, 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 are concerning. But I'm not as concerned about the offensive line as I am at other places on the team. I, I think I like, a, a second year under Raiola could be a, a big jump for this offensive and line. And we'll hear from Coach Raiola, uh, just his outlook, his prospects. The guy's back in the room. He's part of the media availability tomorrow, him and Dvorak. And, uh, of course, uh, Nebraska's new strength and conditioning coach. So uh, we'll have uh, reaction to that tomorrow. But, no, what, what I don't know about this offensive line, and you have some of the same actors, you don't know, first and foremost, can Teddy come back and stay healthy? You've seen small glimpses, and what you've seen, you like. Okay, that allows you to move Corcoran to a guard spot. Okay, or is Turner somebody they're going to build back up and put at right tackle because they've moved on from Ben Hart? I don't think they're ready to move on from Ben Hart because he came back in and, and took over that right tackle spot again, and it was better. And he graded better towards the end of the season. He got better. I think Raiola is going to do everything in his power to get these guys that he's he's had some time with, right? You got Lutowski at guard. You've got Nuri back. Scott's coming in at center. Uh, you have Piper as, as an option at, at guard, and he, he won a job last year. So uh, you, you have dudes that you've spent a lot of time with that, that they believe in you and vice versa. And all right, can you work? Can you work to protect on third and seven? But above all, give me give me some run game. Give me Anthony Grant. Give me A.J. Allen. Give me Ramir. Give me whoever else you want to hand off to and establish that ground game that you that the staff has talked about being tough and strong on the lines of scrimmage. That's how you're going to win in the Big Ten and, and control the football and, and, air quote, body blow people, right? So we can talk about protecting the quarterback. We can even get into how much quarterback run are we going to really truly see if Casey wins the job. But above all, give me a run game to help him out and give me an offensive line that can fire off the ball and make it second and six or second and five. Well, a strong run game just limits what a defense can do. You you can't be bringing – pass blitzes on, on on third and four whenever you know you know this team could just hand the ball off and, and get four yards it just limits what a defense can do in general and really you can only bring out those those 
pass rush type schemes, those blitzes, whenever you're getting to second and long, third and long. It just limits what a defense can do. It helps and takes some pressure off that offensive line. And well, I, I think you have potential of guys that can be road graders. A guy like Jacob Hood, the, the, the Georgia transfer. Mm-hmm. He's an interesting case to me. If he can go in and lock up a starting guard spot, it opens up a whole bunch of what you can do because then you're not forced to pencil in Corker in there. He can be one of those swing guys that can play a, a lot of places on the offensive line. I, I'm going to be watching what he looks like in the spring, getting back to the spring football point. What does Jacob Hood look like in the spring? Is he ready to go? Is, is he in shape for a, a Big Ten season, or is he going to take a year or two of development? That's going to be a big question for me. Well, and, and with Turner, let's settle him in and let him thrive. Yes. Let him develop for a year or at least a spring at a set spot and then not move him from that spot. We'll wind down Hour 1. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, 10 minutes away, Andy Markowski, Husker standout, uh, longtime part of the basketball community, Big Red and beyond, going to be with us as uh, Nebraska gears up to, well, stay hot as we near March. Who'd have thought, right, as a big time win uh, and you're feeling feeling good about it if you're a Nebraska basketball fan over Maryland. Uh, can that extend out? Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. Hale Varsity is presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. And a reminder to get buckled up, hands on the wheel, eyes and mind straight ahead. The driver, one job to do, that's drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Guys, how many times did we see teams line up in heavy personnel, the jumbo package, and just power in on short-yarded situations for touchdowns against Nebraska football last fall. That is the Big Ten li- you know, livelihood. That is Big Ten football to a T, where it's going to be big bodies, they get lower than you, they blow you off the ball, touchdown. Interior line as we wrap up, as uh, Matt chimes in about what Coach McBride said about Nash, we're wondering, you know, Nash has been in the program. Him and Ty are the guys in the middle, you think, that can do work. And to Matt's point, yeah, if you got a guy that can handle two gaps, good luck, God bless. <laughs> There's not a lot of dudes uh, walking around that are, are good at doing that. But that's what Nash will probably be tasked with. Well, yeah, I assume the interior defensive line as it stands right now and with the three three five. You wonder how many true defensive linemen you're going to need on the field. But right now it's... You need two psychos in the middle. In, in terms of experience, guys, Nebraska has there. It's Nash Hutmacher and it's Ty Robinson. I think both those guys need a little bit of body reshaping if they're going to be playing in a 3-3-5. We've seen uh, from those defenses that Coach White had at Syracuse that he needs his defensive linemen to be a little bit more mobile than those guys have shown on film. So what can they be next year? That kind of remains to be seen. But look who else Nebraska has there. This is why they're probably my number one point of concern for the team next season. You have Elijah Judy coming from Texas A&M who doesn't have that much 
uh, experience, really. Didn't play on the line. He did, but he didn't. You know, he's, he's your he's your guy that went up to that first level, but he was your edge guy. Yeah, yeah. So he he's probably making that move inside with his two hundred and seventy ish pound frame. I think is what he's at right now. Might need to add a little bit of weight. And then you got Stefan Wynn. The question with him is, has he reached his ceiling? We're excited about him as an Alabama transfer last year, but didn't quite show us all that much. And then beyond that, you have freshmen. You have uh, Machacek, which we still don't know if he's going to be an offensive lineman or defensive lineman. You have Van Poppel. You have uh, Latufu from out in California. And I think that's it. That's what you have in your interior defensive lineman. Oh, excuse me, Vincent Carroll Jackson from uh, the, uh, the Philadelphia area as well. Okay. That's what you have on the defensive line, which – warning bells go off whenever I read off those names. And no offense to any of those guys, it's just are Ty Robinson and Nash Hupmacher going to be able to play the, the lion's share of the snaps next season not fall off? Probably not. So are there going to be any freshmen or, or newcomers that are able to step into those roles and live up to what you need to be in the Big Ten? What we've seen in the Big Ten is that you need experience going up against Big Ten offensive linemen in order to be successful at the Big Ten level. It doesn't matter how big and strong you are. There is an experience factor that you need in the Big Ten. Nebraska just doesn't rotation. have that. rotation. You need bodies. And, and Nebraska doesn't have a rotation with experienced guys that looks ready for next season. No, that's a that's a pretty good uh, to-do list right now if you're Nebraska. But, hey, spring schedule's released. They'll be working on it. We'll be there to cover it for you as uh, we get ready for hour two. Eddie Markowski will get us kicked off. We'll talk about Adrian Martinez and his pro prospects. Uh, what do you think? We'll get there next hour. Tale of Varsity presented by Currency. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment. It's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at HVarsityRadio. Call in at 402-489-1240 or at 800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back with you, Tower 2 at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We bring in the pride of Ord, Husker basketball standout and assistant over at Pius. Andy Markowski with us at Markowski underscore Andy on Twitter. Andy, uh, let's go back to, to Sunday at PBA. Uh, are, you, are you a little bit surprised or, man, did you see this coming? Yeah, what a great win, you know. Uh, just a... Uh, 
Nebraska had chances to, to maybe go away, you know, foul trouble, injuries, uh, but they, you know, just stuck to it. And uh, you know, Sam Hoiberg made a couple, you know, key plays, made free throws, made some shots, and uh, yeah, it's a great win. So did I, you know, did I predict they could uh, play their best basketball, you know, minus Gary and Vanderbilt going down midseason? You know, I, I don't know if anybody believed that other than maybe Coach Hoiberg, but, you know, you've got to give him a lot of credit. You've got to give him a leadership credit. You know, different different players have stepped up and, and, and played well at times when they needed them. And, you know, there were two games out of fourth place in the league, which, uh, you know, uh, I think is a pretty good conference this year to, to, to have, be in this position with three games to play. It's just a credit for, for a fun season to, been, uh, to have followed. Andy, what do you think Fred was feeling over on the sideline watching Sam Hoiberg play so well and then go in and, and really seal the game with that steal and, and bucket late in the overtime? Yeah, I haven't had a chance to, to coach my my own you know kids and and daughters. Um, you know, you you want them to to do well, right? I mean, I, you know, I think as a new parent, you you know love to see them have success, and you know when you get to kind of be a, a part of that and and, and share that, right? Um, as a as a coach and a and a player, and then you know have that lead to an outcome where where you can celebrate that as a as a broader family as a team. Uh, yeah, I had a chance to talk to Fred after the game, and you know he's he's super excited, super proud, and uh, you know I told him that uh, his wife is is probably going to be petitioning uh, him for for a little bit more playing time for their kids. So uh, <laughs> he kind of he kind of joked, but uh, but yeah, it, it's got to be special. Um, and you know you just hope you know Sam doesn't you know feel that pressure. I mean he, he's he's played way, uh, well in a, in, a, in a couple games, but yeah, you know he's a freshman, not a lot of experience, uh, you know, so you. You know, there's there's going to be times where maybe he misses a key shot, or maybe you know doesn't make the game-winning play. But you have to give him credit. He's he's come in with a lot of confidence and has really been, you know, a, a catalyst for a couple of their wins. What player have you enjoyed watching emerge most? Uh, it's not been a ton of minutes, but Blaze Keita has made a monster impact. We've just talked about Sam Hoiberg and, and what he's been able to do as a spark you've got key that's gone off i mean your dear friend teron lose the last guy to put 20 point games uh, in a row together to the tune of five he and Kisei's done that i'm not comparing lou and key but you, you have the stats that are available who have you gotten the biggest kick out of watching kind of a merch yeah well you know greasel coming back home chris i mean there's just a uh, walker you know i mean how many times have he went out seven foot centers, right? Where it's like, oh, you're undersized. How do you play the five and six eight? I mean, you know, all of the above. I mean, there's great storylines, but Tobinaga has just been fun to follow, right? A year ago, uh, you know, they couldn't really play him that many minutes because defensively, you know, he was really a liability. He's undersized. Um, but, you know, to sit there and be in the same company as Teron Lue over, you know, not just one game, right? Anybody mm-hmm. can maybe do do some one game and be compared against the, the, the best in, in our program history. But the, the fact that he's been able to, to, to do it over an extended amount of time, getting a lot of attention, he's getting guarded right now. Uh, but, you know, Coach Hoiberg and their staff, I think uh, Walker and Greasel, uh, being 1A and 1B, has allowed KCA to have a lot of uh, freedom and, and movement. But, uh, man, I, you know, like I said, I have not seen anybody enjoy competition or wear it, you know, on, on his sleeve like, like he does. And, you know, it's just been – it's been fun to follow, and uh, you know, my son was was waiting in line to get a picture. Uh, you know, we kind of went down to the court after the game and, and, and took a big uh, alumni picture with Coach Hoiberg and his staff. And 
you know, a year ago, my senpai wouldn't have been waiting in line to, to get a picture of Casey. So it's, it's been a fun, fun story to follow. And uh, but, but really, all, all the storylines with this group has, has been fun. It's just you know, it's been a been a good group, and you know, they they've played themselves, uh, you know, with, with a chance for uh, a postseason berth here. Which you know, it's it, uh, with only hundred schools making the NIT or NCA, the fact that you, you know, are almost in March with a chance to, to make the postseason is, is just a credit to a, a really good season. And yeah, I don't want to look too far ahead, but but has got another year of eligibility should he want to use it here at Nebraska, and obviously he, he can leave should he so choose. But how important do you think him coming back is for the future of Nebraska basketball, not only next year, but but also beyond as, you know, Fred Hoiberg's got to continue getting better and better as the years go on? Well, you have some important pieces in, in Grisel and Walker. I, you know, I, I call them unicorns in the sense of, uh, you know, Grisel can post a 6-7 Walker. You put him in the middle of the floor. He's very creative. Uh, you know, you don't see many fives getting as many assists. So so those are, are, are two pieces that are gone that you've got to replace. So you hope that you can stabilize kind of the rest of the roster and, and, and keep somebody like Kobanaga, you know, another year in the program, which, you know, you need good players to win in this league. I don't think you can just flip the whole roster and expect that culture to, to be the same as it was this season without keeping, uh, you know, a few of those, those other pieces that, that aren't, uh, you know, past their fifth year. So, you know, I hope he stays. I, you know, I think, um, you know, for people that, that don't know the for, you know the foreign uh, player, you know, with NIL is a little different. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you would have a chance to, to go back home and play professionally and and make up maybe for not being able to get NIL money here or go to another school. I hear that he really likes you know playing here and, and representing Nebraska. So, I, I would anticipate if he's going to play another year of college basketball, it would it would be in a Nebraska uniform. Andy Markowski joins us at Hale Varsity Radio talking Husker basketball. Andy, you've been a part of a, a, a tournament run before, and I believe you were part of an NIT run as well. I want to go back to those moments, and did something flip timing-wise with those runs? Take me through how a, a team can, can stay hot and, and, and make magic happen in March. Certainly, you, you have to be coachable. Um, and, and, you know, buy into kind of what the staff's asking you to do. And this team has, has continually gotten better. I, you know, I think they're playing their roles. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, I. And I, I think those are the teams that, that tend to, to to play well into, into the end of the season and then into March. Um, you know, I, I think in the long season, people start getting tired of each other. I think selfishness can start to rear its head this time of year. You know, those are the teams that, that usually, you know, are one and done or, or, or maybe lose games that they should win and it keeps them from, from the postseason run. I, I think, um, you know, our NCAA team, um, you know, we, we were playing our best basketball late in the year. I mean, we, you know, once again, at Arkansas down 10 or 11 in, in that game, and we could have easily you know, won, won that first game. The, the NIT season that we went on a run was, was not that. We had lost 10 of our last 11. Uh, that was a team that was 14 and 1. Um, and then didn't make the NCAA tournament, um, and it was just so good that we just overpowered the NIT that year, Chris. I mean, it was just, I, I don't know if we wanted to be there, but, but nobody could beat us with four NBA guys playing in the NIT. So that that was kind of a an atypical, uh, you know, finish to the season, and then, and then we just, you know, probably were in the wrong tournament based on the ability that, that we had on that roster. But, uh, but yeah, you, you want to, you know, good, good, Chemistry and, and when you're playing for the right reasons, the playing with energy and confidence, um, those are the teams that go on a run. And it appears that Nebraska kind of fits that MO. 
that'd be fun to, to see this thing keep going and let's just obviously see how the, the regular season shakes out. Minnesota comes in next week. Uh, Sparty's going to be really tough a week from tonight. And then you end at Iowa. And then if you can stay at that 10 spot, you at least get a break, Andy, right? You don't have the play-in game for, yeah, the, I, for the Big Ten. I, I don't know if I want them at the 10. I, really? I, I think okay. they need some wins uh, just because they're, they're – their one loss record isn't great. Their strength of schedule is good. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing them out of 11 um, and playing in Minnesota at 14, right? That would give them an, an, another win. Um, but to that point, you know, if, you, if, if you're if you 11 seed, maybe that means you lose two of your last three, which isn't, you know, which isn't helpful either. So I think there's some, some positives with, with getting an extra game. I mean, if they're going to win the whole thing, you know, you certainly would want to buy on that Wednesday, there's no one that's going to run the table uh, and, and win five, five games. Um, but, you know, if, they, if really the NIT is what they're trying to achieve, uh, you know, getting an extra win against a, uh, maybe a team like Minnesota is 11-14. Um, yeah, I, w- I would want to stay away from the 8-9, even though we've played Purdue pretty tough. Uh, so an 11 gets you, you know, kind of in that 3-6 range, which, you know, depending on, on matchups, it seems that, that we've been competitive against. So, you know, it, it, the, the fact that we're having this conversation is exciting. <laughs> the NIT is much harder to make. Uh, it went from 40 down, back down to 32. You know, any conference champion in the regular season that doesn't win the postseason from the smaller leagues, you know, gets an automatic bid into the NIT. So there ends up only being about – you know, about 20-ish uh, at-large teams that, that make it. So you really have to be on that NCAA bubble uh, to, to, to give yourself a chance to get to the NIT. So, you know, there, there's still some wins out there. I think Minnesota's team that, you know, if you show up and play well, you're better than. And then certainly Michigan State blistered us uh, there. But I, I thought that was one of their best teams I've seen. So, you know, I think it's a team that, that we can beat at home. And then, you know, we, we've matched up pretty well against Iowa here over the last couple of years. We've, we've had good games against them. So, you know, I think it's three games that, you know, if we keep playing at a high level, we, we should be right there with a chance to win late. And when you're looking at the, the Big Ten tournament, Nebraska's really struggled in that tournament since moving to the Big Ten over a decade ago. I can't remember a single deep run that Nebraska has made. So, I, I mean, obviously the level of competition within the Big Ten is so great that it makes things tough. But what makes conference tournaments so difficult to go out and, and perform well in? If you look at the Big Ten, it's, it's like an NCAA tournament. I mean, it, it, there's not uh, – yeah, I was watching the Big uh, Big 12 last night, and they're talking that the, the couple of the play-in games in the Big 12 are going to be NCAA tournament-level teams. So, you know, once again, you're playing teams for the third time. Um, you know, you're doing it on, on short, you know, preparation, right? I mean, you know, being able to, to flip to 24 hours. So, you know, the teams that, that tend to win and the, and the tournament have the best players. And if you look at the last decade, and we haven't exactly marched into the Big Ten with uh, with the best players on paper, and you know I think that's one of the reasons why we've you know where you look at the '90s. I mean, I played in, in two you know Big Twelve semis. They won the Big Eight in '94. I mean, we had a roster that you could come back to the next game and and out talent people. And you know, unfortunately for Nebraska, we just haven't been able to out talent people. And you know, when you're when you're when you're playing on razor thin margins, uh, you know, playing back to back, I think hurts scouts. And and you know when your best player starts to, to play a lot of minutes, I think that catches up to you in a in a in a tournament format. So, uh, and, and matchups matter. I you know I, I can't remember the exact matchups we've had over the last two or three years, but you know some some years you catch a good bracket where you got 
you got teams that you you match up well against, and others you, you catch a draw that you, know, you you just haven't played well against those teams during the regular season, and that tends to, to happen in, in, in the conference format as well. Eddie, let's talk Oscar women as uh, they look to, to get back at it uh, Wednesday. Tough four-game stretch for uh, the Big Red. Uh, they get a chance, though, to get right against Illinois. Yeah, just you know, disappointing stretch. I, th- I thought there was a couple wins there, Illinois at home and at Minnesota. Those losses are, are you know tough to, to overcome as you're trying to sustain an NCAA conversation. But, you know, I, I thought we... For one half, we were better than Illinois, and then the thing just kind of fell apart. So I'll be anxious to see if we can make some adjustments and, and, and you know go on the road and, and be the top 25 team. It's the 13th top 25 team we've played, so the schedule has, has not helped us uh, you know this year. And, and then you come home against Northwestern, you're going to be the 8-9 game against Michigan State, which is you know close to a quad one quad one game. And, and then you're going to get Indiana. You know, so if you look at those four games. Uh, you know, you, you have a chance to pull yourself back into into bubble consideration, but you know they're not playing their best basketball, and on the road to Illinois is going to be a tough task. Bench production and uh, second half defense is that something at this point in the season you can write? Yeah, I mean you don't you don't uh, you, you hope the bench can, can come in and and you know play with confidence and, and and find some baskets. You know, really nobody is is playing great right now. I know Jazz had a big game at Minnesota, but you know just confidence. Uh, everything seems to be hard for this group right now. But you know somebody's got to step up and and, and spark them. You know, certainly the Iowa game. Uh, you know, you had a lot of good looks, and you know when this team makes shots, they 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 can play with anybody in the country. They've proven that. Um, but when they miss shots, you know, they, they, they can lose by big margins. So, you know, they, they need some, some bench help. Uh, the starters have to be a little bit more consistent. And, you know, then, you know, defensively, they, you know, they've got to lock in and, and do some of the things on, on scout. And, you know, it's, it's still a good team. I, I still think they haven't played their best basketball, but, but you're running out of time for, for that to happen. Eddie, to wrap up, uh, let's talk uh, girls' state basketball. Of course, districts get rolling. Pious girls, you're a part of that staff. Just incredible regular season here, 17-5. and five, And your district uh, has got North Star in it. But really another strong season, Andy, for the Lincoln teams. Yeah, just Class A and, and Lincoln basketball has, has been really fun to be a part of over the last five years. I mean, I, I think districts are – are pretty wide open. I mean, you know, Lincoln High is is hosting, uh, you know, A3. Um, Lincoln East is open hosting A7. We're hosting A6. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can, you know, the, the Class A teams or Class A Lincoln teams can, can pull through districts and, and get to state. And, you know, I really think state uh, Class A is going to be, uh, you know, wide open, fun to follow. And hopefully there's a Lincoln uh, involvement in, in, in state. And hopefully Pius is, is one of those teams. The North Star is uh, a tough draw. We had them at home about two weeks ago, and it was a great game. And, you know, we anticipate a, a tough game from Columbus. And then, you know, if we happen to play North Star again, you know, we're going to have to play well to, to, to come out successful. It's good to get caught up. Andy Markowski talking uh, basketball, of course, Husker men and women, and then high school action. Andy, we'll be seeing you this week. Thanks for a few minutes. Thanks, guys. Good to say hi to the pride of Ord, Andy Markowski. Good take on Big Red Hoops. We'll get back into some football thoughts as uh, we move forward here in our two numbers to get in. 489-1240. Or can dial up 800-825-5865. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Adrian Martinez, USFL, Mike Riley. It all comes together, doesn't it? Uh, We'll discuss Adrian 
and his pro prospects. That's next. Hail Varsity continues, presented by Currency. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. You know that rejoin's 70 years old and we're never, ever, ever going to get rid of it. It's in my contract, actually. I'm <laughs> unable to change that into my favorite to... one. I know it is. I wish I was still in my 30s. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Connor Clark, Hale Bar City Radio, presented by Currency. Open phones here till 6, 489 We'll get into the news of the day. Uh, we've, we've spent a lot of time on, on the prelude to spring football and some Husker hoops. But how about Adrian Martinez drafted by the USFL and uh, the head coach of the New Jersey Generals who play in Ohio, follow me, Mike Riley uh, went 9-1. and one. They were bounced out of the playoffs, upset last year. And uh, I'm not familiar with the USFL. I, I We're familiar with Adrian Martinez. We're familiar with Mike Riley. And good for Adrian. How this works uh, is they have Adrian's rights. So Adrian's still able to go do whatever he wants to NFL-wise. And if things don't work out in the NFL, then the USFL will own his rights and he'll play for the New Jersey Generals, who is the first draft pick overall ever in the history of the New Jersey Generals, the first round of USFL. Do you have a guess? Is that Herschel Walker? It was Herschel Walker. Uh, I see. I watched the 30 for 30 on the USFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and who owned the uh, New Jersey Generals? That was Donald Trump. It's one of Donald Trump, yes. The NFL Old Boys Club did not want him a part of their party, so he went and got a new league, sued the NFL for a dollar and one, <laughs> and Charlie Steiner was a play-by-play man for the New Jersey Generals of the USFL. If you like the 30 for 30 documentaries, the one on the USFL, it's one of the first it's ones awesome. they ever put out. It's awesome. It's old. At this point, it's probably 15 years old. Um, but it is an awesome, awesome documentary. And it's, I mean, at least now kind of looking back, it's interesting to see Donald Trump. players. Well, I thought it was interesting to see Donald Trump pulling Donald Trump moves before the presidency, before <laughs> that, that was even a famous it thing was, to do. It was but. nuts where they, I mean, they you had the who's who because they, Paid all these dudes. I mean, Jim Kelly, Steve Young, Mike Rogier. He mm-hmm. went to the uh, the Pittsburgh squad, the Maulers, before he went to play for the Oilers. Well, wasn't the, the rationale that the USFL paid better paid on the more. rookie contract scale? And then that led to the NFL going the other way and 
what was the the one that kicked off? Was it Sam Bradford's eighty million dollar deal before he even got picked in the NFL? He signed it with the Rams, and then the NFL went, "All right, this guy sucks. We should probably change this rule. That's a <laughs> that's going to ruin <laughs> St. Louis." The, the, the even 2010 more than draft was the last the last time a top five pick just made out like a bandit. I mean, it was. Bradford's deal was incredible. Sue's deal was incredible. Well, that's one of the reasons that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Indomitian Sue, I believe, is the highest paid defensive lineman in NFL history. And that huge deal he got coming into the league is one of the reasons why I followed up with another huge deal in Miami. And I believe he's currently the only defensive lineman to make over $100 million in a career. And we'll see if Aaron Donald can reach that point as well. But that that's why Sue is, is so highly paid and one of the highest paid in NFL history. Let's talk Martinez. Guys, what do you think? What do you think? Does Adrian have a future in pro football? And I can I can talk myself into it. What I don't know is can he stay healthy? And I know we hammered this point with Nebraska's two quarterbacks that have the most experience vying for the starting spot for 2023 and Casey Thompson and Jeff Sims. Adrian was really nice and then he got dinged at K-State. He was a big reason as to why K-State had the success they did. Their backup also picked up the water and uh, and carried it to a Big 12 championship. So with Adrian, uh, he has shown the ability passing-wise. I mean, he has a 70% completion percentage number, did so in 2021, I think, for Nebraska. And then he he was still high 60s this year at Kansas State in more of a, a pro style. So he's had experience in the spread and in the pro style. Mike Riley's had a boatload of quarterbacks play for him in college and land and, and be spot starter type guys. Rob Johnson's probably the most famous uh, that he tutored and mentored at USC. And he had a, a little bit of a run in Buffalo. It was a fight between Flutie and... And Rob Johnson, this is, God, this is 15, 20, well, it might even be longer than that. Might be, we're talking uh, late 90s. And then you have the, the Ryan Leaf and Doug Flutie era in San Diego that didn't last long. So you can say a lot of things about Mike Riley, but he's a good offensive mind, and he has been able to, uh, to, to, to work with quarterbacks. And I think pairing those two together is super fascinating. It's also fascinating when you look at, both of their eras at Nebraska football. If, if Adrian can stay healthy, I mean, he's mobile enough. Can he work and get better accuracy-wise in the middle of the field? He's always shown nice touch downfield. Now, where's his shoulder at? That's been an area of concern, right? He's had to have work done on both shoulders. And from an elusiveness standpoint, the guy has been electrifying the watch to run and get out of trouble. You know he's tough. You know he's a leader. You know he's heady. His athleticism and arm talent, maybe he's a guy that puts it together and blooms professionally and stays healthy professionally, more so than his college career, because uh, he had a lot of great moments. He had some tough moments turnover-wise, but we've never seen Adrian Martinez uh, until last year, quite honestly, in an optimal situation where you had a run game, where you had a good line, where you had a solid defense, where you had he's a guy that's supposed to distribute and can take over a la Oklahoma game with his legs in the play action, uh, but he's never finished it out health-wise. And to me, that's the big question. I, I hope history changes for him health-wise, 
But uh, no, if he can stay healthy, hey, why not? Why not get healthy? Why not be in a pro system and see what you can do? Well, I think the two biggest factors is obviously health, as you just hit on. I think age could be a factor in there as well, because keep in mind, this was his fifth college season. So he's a little bit older when it comes to collegiate quarterbacks and May, that may not be, you know, a, a huge topic of discussion, but it's definitely something that these teams are looking for. I mean, we've had the whole, and I know Martinez isn't as old as Stetson Bennett, but we've had the whole <laughs> that conversation with Lamar Jackson and that age gap. So I think age could do a little bit with it. Um, and, and then obviously the turnovers that he's had in college as well. He did have a really good year at K-State. Obviously, if he was healthy the entire time, maybe this is a different story. But you know, age and injuries, I think, are the two biggest i guess red flags for lack of a better term regarding adrian nfl well that's why i mean the the usfl draft it's for the guys that are on that line of being seventh round picks undrafted guys where they know you know what going and playing a season in the usfl can get me a training camp invite this next fall where now i can maybe use it to turn into a an nfl player it's exactly right it's kind of like the minors of 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 baseball where you know what you can go get a season of play in and yeah you're probably not going to get drafted this year but it does open up the chance after the season you have a good year you can now get yourself a training camp invite go work it into an nfl team it's almost like the nfl combine but it's over an entire season and you're actually playing football you can go see what these guys do against you know what guys that used to play in the nfl uh, other guys that you know what they maybe were seventh round draft picks this year now they're going to go off to the usfl play some competitive football instead of going to one training camp get cut and then bounce around in some practice squads it gives them a chance to to show off what he can do as a pro quarterback as opposed to the, the different systems he played at in college and what i think is really exciting about today is it opens up the chance for adrian martinez to complete a paxton lynch it's only been done by one quarterback in history paxton lynch mm-hmm. former broncos quarterback that's why it stands out How so great that in my first memory. Round pick for you awful um john always history with quarterback evaluation is, is that terrible a, was that so. the pride of memphis uh, draft pick paxton lynch yes yeah guess so this just followed the pride of arizona state no, no, you're th- six nine's Brock Osweiler. Okay, I'm sorry. You're thinking of Brock Lobster. Paxton Lynch is only I six I get my six. Paxton Lynch and, and, and Brock Osweiler <laughs> draft picks confused. I'm well, sorry. Well, uh, Paxton Lynch actually set history this weekend. That's why it's called the Paxton Lynch. He's the first quarterback to be benched in an NFL game, a Canadian football league <laughs> oh, game, no. a USFL game, and an XFL game. He's been benched in all four <laughs> leagues in a game. He's so the first we, to ever do it. If we were to equate that to a bar drink... A shot for your 21st, Connor. <laughs> That's right around the corner, isn't it? What, Six what, days away. What would, what would that be? I'm not counting. What would, what would we... I mean, we've got the three wise men. The Paxton Lynch. What would the Paxton Lynch dry, uh, dr- I did, This is be? a question you guys got to answer. Well, come on now. It, it's a double shot that features... No, you need, you need four separate shots you pour into one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It just puts you down. Well, um, I think you got to go the big four. It's got to be whiskey, vodka, tequila, and rum. Okay. You gotta have you gotta have the four shots in there. I'm trying to think what else you can put in there to make it drinkable. Something from Memphis. Hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't sleep on the uh, the the hot sauce in the bottom of a tequila shot. Memphis actually. is a, is, a, is a dry rub town, I think. But um, and with the apple cider vinegar, the Memphis mop sauce. Yes, yeah. that, I don't think that would go well in a shot. I don't no. think so either. We gotta we gotta put our heads together for this one. Well, the Memphis, Link. <laughs> home of Graceland. Mm-hmm. Peanut butter. You got peanut butter whiskey. Okay. You get the screwball, the, the peanut screwball. butter whiskey in there to get that the peanut butter. Yeah, but do you want it to taste Elvis? good? I don't know what quaaludes taste like. <laughs> <laughs> Crush up a little bit and throw I, it in I, there? I have no clue. Sounds highly illegal. It does. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, this is for a, a make-at-home oh. type <laughs> shot. Yeah. It's a little, little Elvis karate kick. Back to... Uh, 
back to uh, <laughs> how do we get back on track? Back, after back that? to Adrian Martinez. Uh, <laughs> this is what we get for talking about Paxton Lynch. Jeez. Yeah, I, yeah, no kidding. But um, no, I does he remind you of anybody? I mean, when we talk comps, does Adrian's style remind you of anybody? And I don't want to say this name out loud about who he reminds me of. Well, now you You're gonna now say, you got to. No, I know, but I, I I'm gonna get laughed out of the room. But d- doesn't his style? Can I remind you of Mahomes a little bit? Oh, see, I was gonna go. I was gonna, I was gonna go. Doug, I'm just saying the Doug mo- Flutie, the mobility part, where on the run you're making plays. And, and again, it, I'm not saying do not hear what you want to hear. I'm not saying Adrian and Mahomes. You know, no. I'm just saying the escapability, the extendability of plays. I was gonna go more RG three. Okay, because he was an incredible runner back when he was sure. obviously healthy. Right. No, he was really good and then got smoked in the pocket and there went the knee, you know? No, he's. I can see Adrian Martinez being the great value version of either Mahomes or... The great value version. Great, uh, Mahomes or, or RG3 or... Those are both fine comps. I don't think it fits perfectly for, for either. And, but and, and that, that's why you can go great value because great, value, great value Coke doesn't taste like Coke. L- Lamar Jackson's his own deal because of his speed. Right. I mean, he just he just is. What do you guys think of game times with college football? Are they too long? Some rule changes around the corner. And how is Alabama still playing their star player on this one seed team? Some uh, disturbing discussion points from head coach Oates. We'll get to that. Hale Varsity continues presented by Currency. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, talking Adrian Martinez, his pro prospects. Uh, the New Jersey Generals have his rights. He still has a chance to go uh, make it happen in the NFL. I think there's uh, a ton of teams that are probably going to have intrigue. We'll see if. If Adrian can check out medically, and I think he will, but there's just a lot of injury history, but he could be a steal for somebody. Well, the question I don't know is, can you go play in the USFL and still keep your name in the NFL draft? That's a question that I've been trying to figure out, and I can't quite figure it out. So can he go play with the Generals and then get drafted, which would be midway through the season, I think? Is that possible? It wouldn't make much sense from an NFL perspective. I don't think you'd want a guy who is risking himself for another professional football team to even throw a draft pick at that guy. But is that even still possible? That's, that's something I don't know. Unclear. I just know they have his rights. Yes. He may want to see where things go NFL-wise before making a decision with the USFL. And I believe the rights also entail it could just be a one-year contract mm-hmm. for Adrian. So you get drafted, play a year, and then say, my contract's up. I'm going to go try to make it in the NFL. And if it doesn't work I out, I can no come back next year. earthly idea what second-round contract dollars and signing bonuses are for the USFL. I'd venture to say it's not as much as you can make an NIL at Nebraska. I'd no. venture to say. But he's probably got a good 
But I'd, I'd venture to say it's probably also as much as you can make, if not close to it, being an undrafted rookie going in and just trying to earn yourself a spot in a football right, team. Yeah. That's not even veterans minimum. That's just minimum NFL salary, mm. which is, I believe, a little under a hundred, a little over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Practice squads usually sixty to seventy, I think, and then you get elevated the last four games of the year, and then you get your game checks, and it works out okay. Yay or nay, is college football too long? Do you want clock changes? That's a discussion point, and it is coming around the pike. And um, listen, I have no issue with my Saturdays being filled with about three and a half hours of college football. It is not an issue for me. I like it. I know it's a situation where baseball's got the clock going. Uh, You have advertising that is a part of this with all the TV deals. But do you want uh, more of a running clock? Do you think the the play clock uh, should be more of an NFL model where it's 40 seconds that starts immediately after the play is done versus the 25-second clock you get in college football? Also, when it comes to the clock stopping after first downs, should that be a thing just – uh, at the end of the first half and the end of the uh, the regulation part, the fourth quarter, final two minutes. What what tweaks, if any, do you want? I will say I think the biggest comparison between the clock stopping on the first down versus the clock not stopping in the NFL, that is so similar to me between college basketball and the NBA with the shot clock being six seconds longer. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, now I know that you're – getting money to play college athletics now but it's the difference between being a professional being really really good at this and being a collegiate athlete still and you're still having to you know kind of fix those kinks and and still try and run a two-minute drill to the best of your ability despite not being professional so I don't have a problem with that I think the biggest problem I have is something that has to do with advertising and is (laughs) when you have a kickoff or a commercial a kickoff and then another commercial yes that is terrible that's that's totally awful that's totally NFL that's that's pro football yeah. where hey we'll be right back. <laughs> well, we just even, even the NFL's done away with that. The NFL has completely done away with uh, commercial break, kickoff, drive. What they've started doing, if you remember, I believe this was a change from two years ago. Was now what they'll do is they'll go with that picture in picture. You get the thirty second ad while the Which offense nice. comes onto the yeah. field. It works out very well. College hasn't adjusted to that, and the, the TV dollars are king in college football right now. So I think they're trying to get as much money as they can. I don't see them cutting out advertisements, especially from those big noon kickoff type games. And it's not that big of an issue for me whenever Nebraska's playing. I'm willing to sit down and watch a three and a half, four hour Nebraska but game. I, and, My problem is whenever it's two teams that I don't have a vested interest in that I'm trying to watch, and I go, ah, awesome, another commercial break. Then you flip to the other game. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, but it's sweet. Realistically, some things I would like to see implemented that'll speed up pace of play is cut down on all the freaking reviews. Make it a, a yeah. challenge system like the NFL does. Why does the booth have to review everything mm-hmm. from every single play, even insignificant little plays? Oh, it's a five-yard gain here on first down. And, it's, a spot, uh, let, it's a spot discussion point. Let's let's check if he got his two arms underneath that ball on first and 10 from your own 25-yard line. Let's, let's waste move. five minutes. And, oh, while we're at it, let's throw in a commercial break while we're reviewing this play. Make it a challenge system for anything outside the final two minutes of a half. And I think you're going to speed up the play by a lot because there's going to be a lot of times where you go, you know what? 
We don't care. Just, just make the, the, the challenge system, the review system, more similar to the NFL. I think you're going to shave off some time. I don't think they're going to end up cutting any ads, but throw some more ads into halftime. Nobody cares about halftime anymore. Those, those talking head type halftime shows where you have three analysts sitting in the studio talking about a game and then giving you the other games, like nobody cares about that anymore. Those are, those are antiquated halftime shows in my opinion. I just like the highlights. Throw some more commercial breaks into halftime. I don't think anyone's going to lose any sleep over it. And last but not least. Shorten Rick Neuheisel's airtime is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Skippy, what'd you think? Well, when I was coaching the 84 teams I coached in the Pac-12 and Big 12, we would have done this. Thank you, Rick. No, I, listen, I I like the picture-in-picture that you see with the NFL. Can I also get a a red zone type setup? See, that's what everybody wants. Can I get a, a red zone type deal for college football? That would be incredible. And It would be. I mean, you have it for the NFL, but just... Give me one of the major networks that is going to just lock in and let's go from league to league to league to league, or at least the, the, the ranked squads. And you've had more and more parity outside of your top three, Georgia, Bama, Clemson, uh, and, and uh, um, Ohio State. Ohio State, thank you. Those are your four that kind of have separated the last 10 years of college football. Great. Uh, everyone else is – there's an upset or two, especially in the Big Ten. I mean, someone's got to eke one out against a team that's rolling in with three wins. That happens more times than not. Well, how does that affect, too, if that were to happen? Because, you know, the big TV deal that the Big Ten just got done, I wonder how many viewers – because if you're going to watch a Nebraska game, say Nebraska's on the same time, four other really great games are on – and uh, on a Saturday, somehow are you, happened. Are are you going to go towards that red zone thing, or are you going to go only Nebraska and then periodically check? Because I'm wondering what the viewership drop off, say, on an NBC Big Ten game would be after a red zone thing is implemented, mm-hmm. despite them paying X amount of millions of sure. dollars. No, fair fair take. So, really fast, though, to get back to the original point here before I figure it out, I will say running clock after incomplete passes is one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. That is awful. That's not football, in my opinion. From every level of football, from essentially like 10-year-old football on, the clock stops on incomplete passes. That's how football works. If you want to let the clock run after first downs outside the final two minutes, fine by me. me. Okay, that's not going to change my experience that much. You don't have to change the play clock or anything like that. I think if you fix the reviews... Uh, you cut out some commercial breaks, maybe add some more to halftime, and then you're going to be running the clock after first downs outside the final two minutes. I think you're going to solve your issues here, and you don't have to deal with the dumb non-football type things, which is like running clock after an incomplete pass. That's stupid. I hate that idea. Just from a referee standpoint, too, I mean, I think more times than not, they're they're pretty on it. There's been some issues where spot of the ball has been off, or they got a call wrong, and why aren't they blowing the whistle to review it? We'll wind down to Tuesday at Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, a Tuesday, Hale Varsity, presented by Currency Podcast. Find the show on your time. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Give us a rating. Tell us what you think with Hale Varsity Radio. The full show. Or just uh, the segment you want to hear. Good stuff from Andy Markowski, Mitch Sherman. Today, of course, Monday is always a Charlie McBride. Monday, Evan Bland with us tomorrow. And uh, Mike Babcock also going to join us. We'll run 
Shuey down as well. And uh, more thoughts as we uh, get closer to spring football. But a quarterback carousel discussion today as we talked about Sims and Casey Thompson. Uh, Nebraska getting a new, well, the first commit for 2024. That was on our radar. Husker basketball thoughts. And, of course, Adrian Martinez and his pro prospects. Uh, what's that look like in the NFL, the USFL, and Mike Riley like him? And I think Mike Riley can do some good things with Adrian Martinez from a coaching and development standpoint. There's guys that you just wonder, are they going to turn out to be better pros than college players? And Adrian had a good college career, just didn't have the wins to go along with the yards and the highlight reel. Wasn't perfect, but it was good enough to win more games than he did. I think the key with him is, again, going to be cutting turnovers down. And he he looked better with that at Kansas State last year. Um, but you're also Six to one. You're also aided by a very, very strong run game at Kansas State that's going to take a lot of pressure off. You're going to have a lot more open receivers. Uh, I think that the major thing, though, is going to be that accuracy thing. You, there's a, a different level of accuracy that's required in not only the NFL, but pro football as a whole. The windows get smaller. Are you able to put it on a, a left shoulder as opposed to a right mm-hmm. shoulder on a, route, a 20-yard out route? Are you able to... to have that perfect placement that you're going to need in the NFL. That's my question with Adrian Martinez. I think he's got a good mind for the game. I think more times than not, he was throwing it towards the right guy. The guy that the coverage would indicate would be the guy that's going to be open. He, he found open guys a lot. Can the accuracy step up? And if he can do that, I think he could turn himself into one of those serviceable journeyman type professional quarterbacks that you know what? You probably don't want him to start a game, and that's no offense to Adrian Martinez. Uh, I just don't think he's got that kind of, of ceiling as an NFL quarterback. But I think if he can work himself into being a guy that, you know what, he's going to be a competent backup. If he's got to come get a, a, a series here or two, maybe a half here or there, you're, you're comfortable having run. That, that, that's you get that's in what the he's right, got to work himself You in. get in the right system with the right coach and the right talent around you. I mean, who would have thought Brock Purdy would have been as solid as he was uh, in dire situation? with the injuries. Now he had dudes he had dudes around him and a great I mean, that's the perfect situation for about any quarterback to go into. But he performed. He made some plays. He didn't screw it up, didn't wreck the car, right? So there we go. Uh, big ball game tonight at Indiana. Make that at, at East Lansing as Michigan State tries to heal and, and return to play. Indiana uh, comes in. That's uh, the game to to look for on uh, the, the Big Ten schedule uh, tonight. Big, tw- Big 12 in action. Baylor and K-State going to duke it out A&M in Tennessee. Get rolling. San Diego State uh, is in action. And then Texas hosting Iowa State, which Con- isn't shab. Connor, shab tell either. me, what's, what's your game of the night? I think you follow college basketball more closely than Schmidt and I both do. Do you have a game of the night tonight? You know, I hate to be that guy, but I think it might be up the road in Omaha because that game is essentially for the Big East regular season title. Creighton minus six against yeah, uh, Marquette. Marquette. Yeah. yeah, that is for the Big East regular season title. So stakes-wise, I go there. Good on Creighton, man, for where they are compared to where they started, and uh, they've been dynamite. Back at you tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity, uh, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. A Huda Media Production. 
Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.